what seemed like a possible fire investigation that strangely had police officers called would be a call that would change how many people think, even to this day. On July 2nd of 1951, police would stumble into a home while being completely taken back by what seemed to be like an impossible sight. The landlady, Pansy Carpenter, called saying that she had put her hand on the doorknob of Mary Reeser's room, coming to deliver a telegram, only for it to feel unusually hot. The heat wouldn't come close to rival the heat that would somehow combust in that room. The officers merely seeing a piece of the victim's skull, spine, and what appeared to be an uncharted slipper with a foot still in it. This would be the most famous story of a phenomenon that's thought to be impossible. Today, we explore the possible, spontaneous combustion of Mary H. Reeser. Good evening and welcome to You Are Now Aware, where we speak of mysterious murders, scary stories, and conspiracy theories, all hosted by Alex Wiseman Rose. This episode is going to be a smaller installment, since I've been stripped of time recently, and this is a different kind of episode. Instead of looking into an unsolved murder, we're going to look into something that more of just has no explanation as to what it is. Spontaneous combustion, which seems absolutely impossible so we shouldn't have to ever live in fear of something so irrational. Or do we? Mary Reeser was not worried about it, and she ended up cremated in her own apartment. This is a smaller episode about the aspect of spontaneous combustion, which the idea just really intrigued me. Join us as we go into detail on the mysterious circumstances surrounding the death of Mary H. Reeser. Police, or some say nearby construction workers, arrived at the apartment soon after the call. Allegedly, the landlady had smelled smoke at around 5 a.m., but assumed it was either someone cooking or smoking. It wasn't until 8 a.m. where she would see soot in the hallway and would touch the hot doorknob and alert authorities, adding to the case that seemingly smoke persisted for hours and hours. The police stumbled upon what was left of Mary Reeser. She seemed to have been burned to death, from a mysterious blaze that would later be described as a white-hot intensity, though no one actually saw it. It seemed as if she had been cremated somehow, right in her own living room, without the surrounding area being affected at all. All that remained of her was what was listed above. Parts of her spine, some of her skull, and her untouched foot, which seemed was still wearing a slipper. What was most striking about these discoveries was the fact that her skull seemed to be shrunken, which later firefighters would say was something they've never seen before. Investigators remarked that this wasn't some illusion and that the skull had actually changed size, some even saying to the size of a teacup. Usually they're found expanded or possibly even exploded in these sorts of circumstances, never shrunken. Other claims of spontaneous human combustion bring up cases of shrunken skulls and has become a regular feature of anecdotal accounts of this phenomenon, though it's never as officially stated or confirmed as it was for this case. She seemed to have been sitting in some sort of recliner when she burned to death. Mary H. Reeser was a 67 or 66-year-old woman who was born in Columbia, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and she was married to a Dr. Richard Reeser. 
She was born in 1884 and died on the July 1st of 1951. These two would have a number of children, but only one survived on record. Dr. Richard Reeser Jr. was born around Pennsylvania and either the year 1910 or 1911. The reason I included all of this is that this is all that is literally known about this woman and her family. Not much more is known or listed on any other source. She was just an average woman living her life, which made this case all so much more wild. There was no history of medical issues or any sort of police record that she had. She would be known as the most famous case for what is believed to be the myth of spontaneous combustion. This really seemed as if it could happen to anyone. On the dusk of her incoming death, Miss Reeser was visited by her neighbor and then her son Richard Reeser Jr., she was admitted to being particularly saddened by the thought of her not being able to travel up north for the summer. She hadn't eaten dinner quite yet and had taken two seconal tablets and would most likely take two more before sleeping. Seconal tablets basically slows brain activity as well as slows the nervous system down as well. It's commonly used to help with insomnia or as a sedative before surgeries. Her son, being a physician, seemed to not mind her taking these pills, so it was possible that he had advised it to her in the first place, to help with her insomnia. She was in her nightgown, slippers, and simply a robe. Everything seemed to be absolutely normal. Nothing was out of line when the doctor had left. The room she had died in still had a sickening warmth to it, yet most of the room she had been burned in seemed fine. In the corner of where she was burning, nearby walls seemed to be undamaged. The upper walls and ceiling seemed to be blackened from soot and smoke. The lower ground seemed unaffected. Nearby plastic household objects near where she was sitting when she burned up seemed to have melted ever so slightly, simply becoming a little misshapen and growing softer. The carpet had scorch marks on it. Candles on a close-by windowsill had lost all wax and left of the wick simply standing there upright. A socket also seemed to be melted, the bottom socket still working, yet the top socket had malfunctioned, causing the clock to stop at 2.26 a.m. Some accounts say it was 4.26 a.m., but no one is really certain. Along with that, a chair along with an end of a table in the middle of the room would have an upright scorch mark. How was the room so intact with such a fire happening seemingly in one spot? It takes three to four hours of temperatures around 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit for a body to be cremated, so this case seemed absolutely perplexing. Mary Reeser was a suspect of a phenomenon as known as human combustion. There have been many cases of human combustion on record since 1663, but scientists and doctors still are not convinced of the possibility of this happening. Spontaneous human combustion is when a person bursts into flames from some sort of reaction happening inside of them without any apparent ignition of an external source, something that Miss Reeser seemed to perfectly fit the definition of. Chief of the case, Cass Burgess, led his men to investigate the scene. Chief Burgess would quickly rule out possible fire starters. A local mattress company pointed out that the chair stuffing on the chair she was in could not start a fire by itself and would simply smolder for hours. 
lightning and electrical failures was also ruled out as well. What hasn't been ruled out is the idea of her cigarette starting the fire. She was last seen with a cigarette, so it's possible the fire could have started with that. On July 7th of 1951, the team would send boxes of evidence to the FBI lab in Washington, D.C. for chemical analysis. What was delivered was some of the rug, rubble from the walls, glass fragments found in the ashes, six small objects believed to be teeth, the surviving shoes, as well as leftover segments of the chair Miss Reeser was sitting on during her death. The FBI would determine that Miss Reeser's death wasn't caused by what they believed to be spontaneous combustion, yet couldn't make heads or tails of what happened here. They noted that there seemed to be nothing near her to that would randomly burst into flames. The FBI had settled hesitantly on the idea that she had died of the wick effect. The effect of when clothing soaks up melted human fat and acts like a candle wick. The effect is commonly offered as an explanation when spontaneous human combustion is brought up. It's rare and must require very certain conditions. She simply fell asleep after taking her two of her seconal pills with a cigarette, since she was a known smoker, and simply was set on fire. Starting with her nightgown, it moved up her body. Once the body became ignited, almost complete destruction occurred from its own fatty tissues. She was a more husky woman who weighed 170 pounds, which was said to help the process. Certain things the FBI had no idea as to how to explain it, such as the stack of newspapers that sat right next to her chair that remained completely untouched. The police chief would request that Dr. Wilton M. Krogman, a professor from Pennsylvania who specialized in physical anthropology and was an experienced fire researcher to investigate the scene as well. He had spent most of the 1930s experimenting and examining similar incidents to help with other fire-based crimes. He completely disagreed with the FBI's conclusion, writing that, compared to all his other deaths related to fire, he said, I cannot conceive of such complete cremation without more burning of the apartment. In 1961, an article for the General Magazine and History Chronicle of the University of Pennsylvania released an article by Dr. Wilton M. Kroger, which went more in-depth about the strange case. Here are three quotes from the passage. Start quote. The head is not left complete in ordinary burning cases. Certainly, it does not shrivel or symmetrically reduce to a smaller size. In presence of heat sufficient to destroy soft tissues, the skull would literally explode in many pieces. I have never known any exception to this rule. End quote. Start quote. I cannot conceive of such complete cremation without more burning of the apartment itself. In fact, the apartment and everything in it should have been consumed. I regard it as the most amazing thing I have ever seen. As I review it, the short hairs on my neck bristle with vague fear. Were I living in the Middle Ages, I'd mutter something about black magic. End quote. Start quote. I find it hard to believe that a human body, once ignited, will literally consume itself burn itself out, as does a candle wick, guttering in the last residual pool of melted wax. Just what did happen on the night of July 1st, 1951, in St. Petersburg, Florida? We may never know, though this case still haunts me.
end quote. After making the statement official, Krogman would try to go onto any sort of other theory. He moved to other positions, pushing theories of Reezer being murdered at another location and simply cremated there. Possibly whoever kidnapped her would have had to access a crematorium to do so much damage to her. The murderer would then simply transport her back and set up the scene with some sort of heat-generating equipment to burn the area, warm the doorknob, and mess up the nearby plastics. This would be a lot of work, even for a group of people. Kidnapping someone from their home unnoticed, taking them to a crematorium unnoticed, heading back into a room unnoticed, and then burning up stuff around the now burnt corpse and then leaving once again unnoticed. There are other theories as well. One theory is based on the fact that allegedly chief detective on the case, Cass Burgess, received a letter that said, and I quote, A ball of fire came through the window in here. I seen it happen. There are no official sources that say that the chief had received this letter, and there is no reason to take this letter as an actual source. There are no accounts of the window being open, and surely the now waxless candles would have been knocked over if a literal fireball came into the house. Though the fireball mentioned in this letter is thought to have been possibly a thermite bomb, possibly napalm, a Molotov cocktail, magnesium and phosphorus, or kerosene but the coroner noted that all of those would have left some sort of distinct smell on the scene that would have been immediately noticeable throughout the building, yet no smells were detected. The other theory is by spontaneous combustion, which most people like to credit as what had happened to Mary Reeser anyways. It's impossible to know what truly happened. All that we know is that an innocent older woman suddenly burned up in her apartment to seemingly unnatural causes. Something that seems impossible, and to this day there is no actual explanation for what happened. Will we ever know what happened to Mary Reeser? Was it possible that this was actually somehow a murder that just took a bunch of work? Possibly the murderers just wanted to make a scene that looked as crazy and as impossible as it truly did. Or maybe it really was supernatural forces. Maybe there are more things that we should be afraid of, what we don't know, forces that no one would believe unless seeing them right before your very own eyes. And possibly that's what Mary Reeser had seen before her untimely and gruesome death by fire. Thank you for listening to my podcast, and remember to check in every Wednesday at 8pm on Wu91 to hear us live. If you unfortunately only caught the latter end of this podcast, know that you can listen to all of it soon after it's fully re-recorded and put on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, YouTube, and the iTunes Store, all under You Are Now Aware. If you wish to contact me, you can contact me at the following email, awiseman-rose23 at worcester.edu. Again, that's a-w-i-s-e-m-a-n-r-o-s-e-23 at worcester.edu. The latest episode's information is still not online yet, and this episode will most likely be uploaded first since it was a lot smaller. I've been sick over the last couple of weeks, as well as school has been incredibly tiresome. I've been forced to memorize scripts, I've had to do a bunch of work and final projects, so I just haven't had the time to officially record this and put this on other sources of media besides doing it live. In fact, the last couple of weeks haven't been live either. Make up for not 
uploading an episode this Wednesday, I will most likely record the latest episode that I was unable to record earlier and upload that instead. It's a long one, so it may take up quite a bit longer. Definitely my longest script. This episode's information came from an article by Kara Goldfarb called The Curious Case of Mary Reeser and Spontaneous Human Combustion. Also an article by Anomalian.com called Mary H. Reeser, Spontaneous Human Combustion Victim. Information also came from Mary Reeser's obituary as well as good old Wikipedia. Something could always happen to you. Even something completely out of your control. The chance of some sort of outrageous anomaly happening to you and cutting your life short is slim. But never zero. Right now, you could be simply listening to a horror-based podcast, and the next you could be really burning alive. Stay aware, my friends, and remember, they are always watching.